And welcome to another episode of the SD4L show. Back. I'm Justin Thind, Let's and go. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Sheehan. That is correct, Matt. Back from yep. hiatus. Back. The missing... haters are sick right now. Let's mm -hmm. go. Let's go. Yeah. Missing all these great positive developments, lots of fun and, and great news that we that we did not get a chance to cover here in recent <laughs> weeks. But, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Our football team is three and six. Our basketball team just dropped their first game against James Madison. But you know what? We're not going to just get on here like a pack of mopey camels at the zoo, Justin. Oh, no. Because you know why? It's always sunny and 85 in East Lansing. Better days are ahead. We are living to see the light here, Justin. So, yeah, sure, it hasn't been like the greatest of times in the last month, but like, what are we going to do? Not talk about Michigan State? I mean, come on. There's plenty of still good things to talk about here. Yeah, Matt. Also, your perspective there is incorrect. The way you need to be looking at it is, as Harlan Barnett said, uh, the goal is to go 4-0 in November, and Michigan State is 1-0 in November, not 3-6. They're 1-0. They're, they're that's, and that's, that's my moreover, bad. moreover, the basketball team, they have an opportunity to get better. And um, that's the way you've got to look at it. That's that's the way that that anybody should be looking at it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, not not great stuff here. No, 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 no. That, that was good. No, no. I like that optimism. I, edit the part out where you said that. No, that wasn't good. No, no, no. no. We we like that. My my tone was almost like I feel like I delivered that too well and too believable. I didn't I didn't need people actually cutting that out, posting it on MGO blog, and being like, <laughs> "This is actually like how he's spinning it." Because they got nothing else to post on MGO blog right now. Like they're starving for content over there. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it, it's fine. Yeah, oh, and and, and Matt, the, the issue is, is if they do post something else on MGO blog, a bunch of people are going to criticize the guy for posting it, say that it mm -hmm. should be deleted because people shouldn't be seeing it a la the uh, BC2 LLC discovery that was made uh, over oh. there. But um, My favorite Wyoming uh, company? Is that what yeah. we're talking about right now? Wow. Yeah, they do great work, whatever they do, whether it's vacuums or housing or <laughs> sign stealing, whatever it is, they do a bang-up job over there in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So Hey, no no free advertising, Matt. If you need a new Dyson, I'm sorry. we're not recommending the Stallions Criminal Syndicate as the place to get it from. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. But, um... Yeah, is that where we want to start, Matt? We want to we want to dive into the happenings of one of the bigger programs in our region, and yeah. uh, discuss that a bit because it's funny how anytime anytime Michigan is discussed, hmm. um, or I guess Michigan as a whole, their fans, um, their people, they have this perspective of, oh, Michigan is one of the biggest brands in the world. Michigan is a blue yeah. brand. Michigan is in the forefront of the conversation, yet. Anytime Michigan is then discussed in a negative light or in a light that's fair, suddenly mm -hmm. it's, why are you talking about Michigan? You don't have anything else to talk about? So it, there's a there's a funny sort of a, a disconnect there of they want to be talked about when everything is good and great. But suddenly, now that they're in the headlines for something that is not good and great, they suddenly mm -hmm. are confused as to why I would be tweeting about it. Jeez. When, shoot, I'm over here, Matt, tweeting about when um, – UTSA's coach is getting his pinky stuck in a mouse trap in a way to motivate <laughs> yes. his players. Why would I not be talking about a dude wearing camera recording Ray Bans on the East Lansing sidelines? No, and like it, it's fun watching the, the squirm happen when it gets outside of Ann Arbor, like when the state media can't just be the only ones that talk about the story, like when it gets to ESPN and Fine Bob, and then we're here, like, oh my God, they're doing this <laughs> calculated attack on our program. They're having organized talking points. This is just unfair. They're trying to sabotage us. Like, can you say out loud what the talking points are? Because I'm pretty sure if they're just saying that 
cheating at a grand scale like you guys have been accused of should be punished. I don't think that's a necessarily wild outlandish thing for ESPN to rally around. Like, yeah, sure, you have some people at Fox like Joel Klatt, Jim Harbaugh's finest <laughs> lapdog, just parading out whatever propaganda he possibly can. But no, when actual people with actual non-biased opinions want to comment on what's happening at your program, we get a little uncomfortable, don't we? No, this isn't just the Detroit News doing puff pieces and sweeping mm. every Mozzie Smith, Jeff Jackson incident under the rug. Like, no, this... This is yeah. actually a national story here. And do you know yeah. what? Like, here's what I'm amazed with. Do you know how hard it is in the year of our Lord 2023 to be the top story for not just two days, <laughs> not five days, not a week, but for three straight weeks, this is dominating the 24-hour news cycle? Like, do you, do you realize how bad this has gotten, how outlandish this has gotten? Like, that, it is remarkably hard in such an entertaining college football season, too. To be the top story for this length, like this isn't normal. This is a little unique. And sure, there's a lot of ways yeah. to divert the vacuum company. Uh, it's just the, the, <laughs> the homeowners association beef that he has with his Spartan neighbor. Like it's wow, this just this just doesn't <laughs> die. And now we have state legislature uh, just penning letters to Tony Petiti, which I'm going to funnel into my newest favorite talking point. It's just all of a sudden that Michigan writers think that Tony Petiti was just some intern that they promoted last month. And that, oh, <laughs> oh, he's underqualified. This is why this isn't going our way, because he doesn't deserve the job. He's crazy, I tell you. Like, yeah, this is this is where we're at right now. I'm just, okay, yeah, sure. Good luck with that one. I guess. Yeah. And, and and then the new the new talking point today along those lines is how powerless he allegedly is of how he yeah. doesn't have the authority to punish Michigan. I'm sure. I'm sure Tony, who is trying to find his footing here and, and make his mark on his tenure, is definitely not motivated by hearing how he has no authority. Right. I think that's a great <laughs> strategy there from from Ann Arbor. Um, no, it's fantastic. Yeah, and, and the other thing is these talking point of okay, other schools cheat too. Okay, well, first of all, we would have to define what tier of cheating the other schools are cheating in. Second of all, in no way, shape, or form does that allude to your own innocence. That is not something where you are saying, we didn't do this. Nothing that is coming out from, from that program in any way is, is huh. saying, oh, this didn't happen. It's either A, Harbaugh didn't know that this was happening. And Harbaugh said from the beginning, I didn't have any knowledge of illegal sign stealing. He never said at any point, and now, first of all, don't believe him on that, but Second of all, he didn't even say there was no illegal science going on within the program. At no point has anyone denied that this was going on. If that is true, which they have basically said is true, that alone calls for punishment of you not knowing what's happening at your own program if you're Jim Harbaugh. So for them to go ahead and have these defenses of Harbaugh didn't know, to me, that is absolutely meaningless. That only matters in, I guess, the court of public opinion of if Michigan fans don't want people to think too badly on Harbaugh. Other than that, I don't think that has any sort of play in the actual punishment that should be at hand because it doesn't matter what coaches know anymore. The responsibility is to know what's happening in their program. And second of all, like like you were saying, it's or it's there's just no basis for them to say other schools are doing it, so therefore we shouldn't be punished. If anything, if if we truly want to make this a huge thing, it's shoot, let's start investing in everybody, but Why not? start with punishing you guys. Yeah. 
Why not? Well, here, I just got a quick uh, little statement here to read. This is from the University of Michigan in response to the Big Ten. Every coach, every executive, every leader, they all know right from Ron, even those Enron guys. When someone uncovers a scandal in their company, I don't think they could say, quote, I didn't know what was going on. They're just saying they're too dumb or to do their job. And if they really are too dumb, then why are they getting paid millions of dollars to do it? They know what's going on. Hold on. Wait a minute. That was a quote from Bo Schembechler. Mm. Shoot. In Bo's lasting life lessons kind of saying that well if you're the leader of a place you should know everything that's going on and if you don't know what's going on then well you're just a ding don sorry i thought that was a michigan statement that, oops I'll, I'll straighten things out it's been a while since you've done the show justin i'm a little loose right now but yeah i mean it's just fascinating to see like the oh tony like we don't know what the punishment is i look I, do i think it's going to be extreme like they're going to start ripping away postseason eligibility in the big 10 championship right. game no, let's be adults about this. Like, it's right. not going to be that extreme, I think. But it's funny to hear, like, the, oh, if he punishes Michigan, that would be unprecedented. Right. Yeah, do you know what else is unprecedented? Your spy <laughs> regime that's going on right now. Like, a lot of – this whole thing is unprecedented. This is why right. we've been doing this for three weeks over here. Like, it's – right. Yeah, we, we can say, like, oh, you can't do that. Well, you guys couldn't do that either. Right. We are. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The funniest thing is those that have broken the rules and, and had no no regard at all for, for legality are now yeah. sitting around saying, oh, due process must be followed. Due process. Oh, follow. don't get me started on due process. <laughs> oh. and, due and, process. Jim yeah. Harbaugh, one of those eight players in the tunnel, executed after the game. And look. Yep. I understand that the tunnel thing and the spy thing are two different incidences at their core, but it takes two brain cells to understand what a lot of us are talking about is the reaction and response. Yep. One, want to do process for the whole spy. Hey, let a five-year investigation come out and then let's just make a decision after that, right. okay? When we're all gone, please. Whereas, uh, yeah, last year, I want every single one of those kids thrown in a prison with gasoline doused all over it and a match thrown inside. I want that immediately. And, well, right. hey, you know what? I'll bring up a guy whose name I never thought we'd bring up ever again on this show, but Mel Tucker had the due diligence of suspending those players before mm -hmm. the investigation even started. That's called accountability. And, right. look, it doesn't have to be just this incident, but huh? maybe they are just shocked that there's somewhat of due process going on right now because there was no process sometimes right. with them, like the Mozzie Smith case last year. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so uh, due process. Give me... Uh, right. right and we matt do the process as fast yeah. as you want yeah and and if somebody's counterpoint to that tunnel incident is oh well the video was so clear so easily available there was impossible to get it wrong that's why due process should have been followed well guess what malcolm jones was one of the people suspended and he was exonerated when yeah. actual due process took place so therefore that right there is the proof in the pudding that there should have been due process instead of him being reported as one of the people that were suspended because the process was rushed and his name was smeared. And then it was mm -hmm. found out that he didn't have anything to do with it. And those people are now the ones that are saying that due process must be followed. And the funny thing is, is that, that was actually a, a criminal matter where it was supposed to be handled in the court of law. And that was running parallel to obviously the Big Ten suspensions that the Michigan State school yeah. enforced suspensions, but they easily could have leaned, Michigan State or the Big Ten could have leaned and said, hey, even though I get that they're playing in our competitions, we're going to let the court angle of this play out because due process is attached there. No part of this Michigan stand scandal is running adjacent to a legal process. 
And the Big Ten's own sportsmanship policy does not require any sort of due process. It's actually made for these instances where there must be intervention in the middle of a season. And there's no element of due process inside this policy. There's no legal ramifications outside of this policy. Whereas in the tunnel, there were there was that legal side of things that was playing out at the parallel, and they still didn't let out due process play. So yeah, just the, the hypocrisy is is just off the charts there. Um, kind of the other, I guess, uh, just that one's a, this this is a little more funnier. But the two sides of the coin, Connor Stallions. Brilliant guy on one hand, just oh my um, god, yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> yes, he truly is coding all these signs. Um, right, it's it's hard to do, and like they like wh- when they have these signs, like first of all, there's like guys wearing like three different apparels of cl- colors of clothing, and mm-hmm. you have to discern like which one on which drive is the real one. Um, even then, they're doing a series of signs, and some's a brush off sign, and you have to kind of throw that away. And this is very hard to piece together. Yet this man is is doing this. And I guess maybe if you have unlimited hours of the day and you have footage that you can replay and you're not doing it in the middle of the game, which is what makes this so illegal. Um, but if you have that, I'm sure you can pull it off. But you've got to be smart. Then on the other side of the coin, Matt, this man shows up to East Lansing with Ray-Ban glasses that have a blue light flickering, wearing sure. Nike shoes, standing oh. among colleagues for the night that are all wearing adidas sponsored shoes he's hiding his face every time that the play is on camera he's going on seat geek and tick pick and buying tickets under his own legal name i don't understand how somebody could have such a vast operation and also have it run in such a mickey mouse fashion it it's it's unprecedented levels of juxtaposition there it, it, it truly is brilliant mind, like just second grade level of execution there. Do you want to stay on the central Michigan thing right now? Because I know we just railed on Michigan for the last 10 minutes and look at it. Like, that's just fun. Like it's, 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 it's a hoot and a half, but like, this is also happening on quite literally Michigan state's home turf, just like you referenced, just like we've all seen. And just like CMU keeps on investigating right. for a week and a half of, Hey, who was that? Like, CMU, like, what's going on? Here's my thing with CMU. I I could take a school bus to the greater Mount Pleasant area right now and fill that thing to the gills with scrawny white men with a goatee that looks somewhat like what Connor Stallions looked like on the sideline that day by noon, I think. Like, you're telling me you couldn't prop up one guy to say, like, oh, no, it, it was him. It was him. He'll, he'll take the fall. It's him. Like, just from a PR standpoint, how was that not even done? In Mount Pleasant, I think you even could have gotten away with that, too. It could have been very easy if you did it quickly enough. But now we're doing Where's Waldo for a week and a half. And at this point, I mean, look, I, it's very clearly Connor Stallions because it doesn't take you this long to find one guy yes. out there. But uh, so what happens now because our friend – Odell Bretham, chief of propaganda. He started mm-hmm. this thing online. Hey, CMU, we paid you $1.75 million, was it, for this game? I, which is, yes. that's a lot of money. We'll take that back. We'll, we'll take that money back. We'll take that back with interest because, look, it's clear that CMU is complicit in this. Connor did not drop down into the stadium with a parachute with no one, you know, giving him any sign or any pass. Or he got a pass from someone, all right? There are staff members coaches on CMU sidelines that have a history working for Michigan, working for Jim Harbaugh. Hmm. Oh, how did he get on the sidelines? Let's be an adult about it. Okay. People just don't delete phone numbers when they leave places. Like 
People know people. And yeah, they had one of their 50 passes available for one Connor Stallions to enjoy a Friday evening in East Lansing. This, uh, but yeah, we'll take that money back, CMU. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the funny thing about it is, is that the discourse there, once again, it's so many people saying, oh, it's on Michigan State to vet the sideline. Not not on the guy that cheated. He's not, not, the, really. he's not the villain I here. Mean, it's on the school right? that, got, that, that got spied on. They're the ones that the onus yeah. is on to prevent this from happening. <laughs> and, and to that point, like you said, like Central obviously helped him because I believe it was Sports Illustrated. They reported that the process to get those sideline passes is you have to submit your list of 50, 50 staff members that are going to need yeah. sideline mid-game access. And that has to be signed either by the head coach the athletic director or a assignee that can sign on behalf of the athletic director. So either um, I guess maybe they fooled that, that higher authority, like whoever was helping Connor get on, maybe like an assistant quarterbacks coach. I don't know. Maybe they're just put it in front of the coach, had him sign it. He didn't know. Maybe. Sure. But the yeah, fact of the matter is, is this does implicate to some extent um, one of either the athletic director or, or the head coach there, Jim McElwain. And now I don't believe they knew anything about this at that level, because if they did, I'm sure McElwain quickly to wash his hands of it would have just said, Hey, I know what happened here. This isn't right. Michigan did this. He would have just gotten, gotten rid of it. So I, I believe that he doesn't know. But at some point, it's so clear for the reasons you said that it's Connor Stallions because anybody else, you would have been able to present it in 15 minutes. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know why the NCAA is just now getting involved in this. At this point, it's one of those things where if there's like a missing person for so many amount of days, eventually it's they're unfortunately declared deceased, right? In this case, missing person for so many days you got to declare Connor Stallions. So <laughs> I don't understand what the delay there is. It's It's been fun. And and that's the thing too. Like, I, of course we open up Twitter. We banter about this. It's a lot mm -hmm. of fun. We're having a hoot and a half. And then you see the, oh, Sparty keeps crying about it. It's like, guys, <laughs> I, I should have no reason to smile this football season. Like, let, let's just keep it a stack right now. This is getting me out of bed with a smile on my face. Like it, yeah. it is against all odds that as a fan of a three and six team, and also if you want to throw <laughs> basketball into it too, an opening night loss, that we are somehow the more mentally stable fan base in this state the last few weeks. Like the the mental gymnastics, the hysterical crying, the conspiracy theories that have been hashed in the last three weeks. <laughs> are something unlike I've ever seen before. Like, it, it's starting to get on, like, alarming behavior, but, wow, I, it's just yeah. been a masterclass of mental breakdowns the last yeah. three weeks here. But it really has. Thanks for the smiles this season because I did not think they were coming at all. Yeah, forever, forever indebted to the yes. Day family criminal enterprise that they have going on over there in New Hampshire. And let's um, get Connor back in the military, man. Like, uh, he, he could solve so many problems in, in days. Imagine if he was around decades ago when Tupac got murdered. You think that would have strung <laughs> decades long? He would have had that wrapped up by the weekend. Like th this guy, even though he could be a little smarter with the ticket purchasing, yeah, really in mind. You got to tip your cap wherever you can, yeah. man. It's yeah. it's impressive what he's able to do. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Tupac and and how long that took, it seems like Central Michigan's investigation might be rivaling the amount of time that that <laughs> other investigation took. Car <laughs> shout out to whoever tweeted that at you on Twitter, stealing that joke. But, um, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens here. I mean, by the time you guys are are hearing this um, Thursday morning, maybe Tony over there in Indianapolis has already levied some sort of suspension, but. 
I think the, the, the thing to me is, I don't know if um, the coordinators are going to be getting consequences with this, but to me personally, I don't see how if you suspend Harbaugh, you also are not suspending the two guys that were benefiting directly and communicating directly with Stallions between plays. Um, I guess the only logic would be that if you're simply punishing the head of the program for not knowing what was happening inside his program, and that is the only reason you're doing a suspension and no other reason, then I guess I could see the logic of only suspending Harbaugh. But I mean, if you're actually trying to suspend them for what occurred in terms of a competitive advantage standpoint and not just a lack of institutional control, even though I know that's not the exact definition of that term, but you get the yeah, concept. Sure. Um, it, I don't see why Jesse Minter and Tron Moore also wouldn't get suspended. So that's what I'll be watching for on Thursday to see if that is also the case. Let's do prison time too. Let's let's borrow from old Jim Harbaugh <laughs> last fall and let's let's just start doling out sentences here. Yeah. Uh, Justin, we did a really good job of kicking this next topic down the road as far as possible. But yes. you know what? I got to say, we're going to talk about basketball. All right. We all know it happened Monday. I didn't have fun. Not only you guys had fun listening, unless you're one of the many Michigan fans that listen to the show, you probably had a great time. Yeah. Let's keep it, let's keep it honest here. That, that must have yeah. been a very enjoyable Monday night. But here, <laughs> right now, as we are recording late Wednesday night, we've we've done more than 24-hour rule this. We've 48-hour ruled this. All right? I, I was in hysterics after the game. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you and say, like, oh, no, we took that in stride. No, not at all. I, I was beside myself after that game. Right now, I got a cooler head. Justin's always got a cooler head. Like, we don't got to worry about him. Maybe you listen to have a cooler head right now. But, hey, how did that game happen? Was it a random anomaly? Was it the byproduct of one of 20 shooting? Something you will not count on the rest of the year. Was it a byproduct of, well, 62% free throw shooting? Also starting two of 10. Okay, those are pretty wonky numbers. Or was it also a byproduct of, okay, we might actually have some glaring issues here. Might be a little clear at this point that, okay, the four overall ranking, a little too much dip on the chip to start the season. Where do you see it? Are you as more of a, hey, wonky game against a veteran James Madison team that actually, and I know no state fans want to hear this because I don't even want to say it, like that, that is a good team. Not good enough where you should lose at home in the Breslin Center as a top five team, but they are a good team. You had some wonky things going shooting-wise, or are you more of the camp of, uh-oh, uh, we we could be in for a long one, and here comes another 10 seed. There are two alarming things about that game that I think could plague the season long term. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I don't feel that that loss itself is that alarming. So what I mean by that is the one for 23-point shooting. I think they go mm -hmm. four for 20, they win that game. Um I don't know. I yeah. guess you want to directly add those nine points to let's let's say they win by nine in regulation, yeah. and absolutely nobody is is well. I mean, a lot of people might still complain because it wasn't a very sound game, especially from the seniors. But anyway, if they win that game by nine, I don't think it's it's too much of an issue. And all that requires is going four for twenty. If we're talking in a perfect world simulation type of setting, and even that's bad, right? Right. But exactly. It, it, it exactly. gets the job done though. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the issue though is Matt. Even if you go four for 20, you win that game. The reason I'm so concerned is because I had fears coming into this season that there would not be the adequate amount of perimeter scoring from this team after Joey Hauser left. That was my probably my number one fear for this team. I know rebounding was probably the most mainstream one for, for other people, and that's mm -hmm. a valid one as well. 
But for me, nothing came close to the fear I had of where is the outside shooting going to come from unless it's a day where maybe Jaden Akins is hot and then Tyson Walker always will probably be a guy that can, that other than that game, um, that can bring you some three-point shooting. But other than that, it was, it was concerning. And um, those fears were realized um, this past game. The other issue, the leadership, um, there's no Aaron Henry on this team, not even from a talent level perspective, but simply from a... Your house is on fire, Justin. You might want to put that out. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know what that was, but that was my fan, oh God, did, which is not did even Connor on. Connor Stanley just throw like a um, spy <laughs> in your house? What on earth is that? Oh my God, I don't know. My house is next. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, the leadership from uh, Malik Hall and um, AJ Hogard, and I guess you can throw Mati Suzuko in there just because he's older and Tyson Walker yeah, sure. and Akins, and it's just not, it's just not where you need it to be. Um, I think I, I said this to you after the game. It's if you had a guy like a Aaron Henry or a Xavier Tillman from a, from a personality type standpoint, not even talent level, the potential for this team would be would be unlimited, and yeah. um, they could not be further away from having somebody like that, and that is concerning. Now, at the end of the day, you win three or four games in a row, and at the right time in March, and it's just natural when you're winning, the vibes are high, and that's what we saw last year. I don't think last year they had anything special with leadership at all. Um, same guys as this year. I think J- Joey's a great, great guy in, in all in all ways that I've gathered, but not not a much of a presence, not not a big talker. Wouldn't necessarily call him a leader. So last year they didn't have any good leadership um, at all, and and we saw how great they looked in March there for a run there. So I think sure, if everything is coming together and you're winning games, that can be overcome. But in January, when you're losing to Northwestern in, in the second half or you're in a dogfight against Indiana and you need to win those games to have a favorable seed, I think it's going to hurt them there. I think the three-point shooting is going to hurt them there. So, like, yeah, those two issues, they concern me. The loss itself in a vacuum does not, but it's what does it say about those two factors that kind of does concern me. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see just how hot they start against Southern Indiana. Like, if they come out flaccid against Southern Indiana, like, okay, forget about it. Like, ring the alarm bells. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if they didn't take what happened last game and yeah. put that to fire to start Thursday's game, uh, uh-oh. Okay, like, that that's going to be a big issue here. But, yeah, all eyes go to the Duke game. And when it comes to the Champions Classic – which is the first of a few great non-conference games. We also have Butler. I mean, Bart Torvik has you winning that game by 12 points at home, okay? At the end of the day, that's still a power six school. You have the Arizona game. You have the Baylor game as well, which, by the way, Baylor, great finish to their game against Auburn in Sioux Falls. Caught the end of that one. Good teams. Does a Duke win erase the wrongs for you of what happened on Monday? Or do you need to see, like, no, it has to be Duke and Arizona? Or, no, they got to sweep the next four games to forgive themselves for their sins that they committed on Monday night? Like, what, what is going to have you erase what happened on Monday here in these next four great non-conference games? Right. I'm, I'm curious to see your answer to this because maybe I'm off base here. But I think, season. <laughs> I think if they beat Duke, that, that means a lot. Because maybe it's just where I think Duke is nationally. Um, because I, I think Kansas and Duke are a tier above everybody else. I yeah. think Kentucky can get there, but I just I don't trust Calipari anymore these days. But people that I trust, like yeah. the Mark Pettis of the world, they, they say that this is built in a way where Calipari can have it all come together. I don't know. We'll see. But I think Duke and Kansas are just on another tier. 
Mm-hmm. And I think if you can go ahead one week after having one of the worst losses in recent program history and, yeah. and, and seven days after that, you can beat a top two team in the country that is a legit top two team. I think that means a ton to me. Um, obviously, you don't want to see it get undone against the Arizonas and, and Butlers of the world. And yeah. um, that, w- that would definitely be another conversation we can have at that point if they lose those and come back down to earth. But I think mm-hmm. if they beat Duke, I- I'm putting a lot of stock in that personally. Yeah, like two seconds after the game on Monday, I'm thinking like, no, they have to win the next 20 straight games for me to even <laughs> think of forgetting this one. But believe it or not, I, I can be rational sometimes here. I do like to mix it in. And yeah, let's be honest. I'm just picturing myself after the Duke game, if they do win the Champions Classic. Justin, I'll be talking mad crazy on here, man. Like, I I, I will be unhinged. And, you know, like, look, on the surface, yeah, it's Duke. Woo, that's always a fun brand name to beat. But it's what's on that Duke game, yeah. or that Duke team. Yeah, It makes them a tough out. Hey, the, the front court has a little bit of issues here for Michigan State. Kyle Filipowski turned on the NBA draft yeah. last year to come back. Like he, he could be a major factor in this game. Uh, not, not to go super analysis right here, but everyone can figure that out, that he could be yeah. prime for breakup yeah. force. But if you can stave him off, if you can stave off some good young guards that Duke always has, and even experienced guards like Jeremy yeah, Rose as well. Guards, yeah. I mean, God, they actually do have some experience with their youth, too, which is a little scary about this Duke team. But if you can beat them at the Champions Classic, all right, guys, hey, Monday was just a joke, right? Like, it was all a bit. It's all good in the hood. So, yeah, yeah you just write your runs to just one game, and that's the, the yeah. beauty of it being this early in a long, long college yeah. season. Uh, yeah, because the thing of it is, is also you have to see the, the blueprint or the formula that leads them to that win. If – if it's like mm-hmm. a fluky sort of thing where Duke shoots one for 20 from three and you still don't have like a bounce back performance from Malik Hall and AJ yeah. still not assertive and driving to the lane and instead it's a 22-point game from Tyson Walker, a 17-point game from Akins and Carson Cooper it contributes a double-double and it's one of those games where it's not the pieces you need to see bounce back. Maybe it takes a little air out of it, but if you beat a team that, in my opinion, Maybe. is the second most likely to win a national title... It's going to be very hard to nitpick that and and, yeah. and not get get your hopes yeah. to, uh, <laughs> and, and get get bought back into that. But I guess it is subjective, yeah. and I I think uh, Kansas is I think Kansas is going to go ahead and hang another banner here this year. Um, it's one of those years for me where every few years, like before the year, there's like an an, an automatic national title winner, um, like Georgia in football two years ago. Like I, I think yeah. everybody saw that coming. Um, yeah. It's it's one of those things. Well, I should say Georgia last year after they already won two years ago. Um, for me, that's just Kansas this year. I think Kansas was the number two team in the country before they got Hunter Dickinson, um, unless he's going to just be a locker room cancer and destroy the like the the, the formula. I don't think we've seen it. This <laughs> I mean, is true. We, we, we've seen it. I mean, God, Michigan's yeah. only one game into their basketball team, and after dogging on them the first twenty minutes, like they 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 look good. Maybe it was a mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing theory thing, but yeah. I've said a lot of stupid things in front of a camera before, Justin, uh, on a microphone, too. Uh, here I go. You, you want a really dumb one right now? I'm, Absolutely. I'm working. <laughs> I think I'm going with Purdue. <laughs> I think I'm going with Purdue. I think I'm going to do it. Like, look, I, I know that I've stepped on this rake six times and that they have tr- they have proven in spades that they cannot be trusted to even make you a cheese sandwich and a glass of water correctly in the month of March. But dude, like Zach Eady returns. Like obviously, that's that's a nice that's a nice piece to have on your yeah. team. 
But man, it's it's the shooting and also the young right. kids too because they really lost their legs at the end of last year. We yeah. saw it. But man, coming back for strong sophomore seasons for a lot of those guys, like oh boy, that you surround Zach Eady with that kind of shooting, like yeah, I'm I'm gonna make the I'm gonna make the grave mistake of putting a lot of yeah. money on the Purdue Boilermakers to win in March. Yeah. Which when has that ever gone yeah. wrong? So, yeah, yeah I, I I totally agree with the formula there. Um, it's a, it's a young God, basketball <laughs> season. It's it's only been a couple days, but my biggest unit yeah. bet so far was a parlay that centered around Zach Eady to have over on assists because I fully believe what you just said about spacing yeah. with shooters this year. They have guard right. depth. They have obviously guys that could shoot to begin with, and those guys shoot even better with, with home splits, which once again, they could probably win the Big Ten title, go in with a one seed into the NCAA tournament. So Yep. You have a better formula this year for if teams decide to double and triple Zach Eady in the post like they did in March last year, and you have more outlets. And at the end of the day, you cannot just keep losing early. I mean, I guess you can. I mean, right. But but, but right. still, the Virginia Tony Bennett kind of thing. They lose to UMBC against the one versus 16. The, the monkey's off your back. You have nothing to lose. You've already seen the worst yeah. of it. Like eventually, right. you have to overcome it. Yeah. That that dealer isn't going to flip a blackjack every single hand, right? Like just on numbers alone, mm, you're going to go into a second depends, weekend. Matt. They they do at the Hard Rock in in Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shoot, I'm sorry to hear that, man, but that's okay. We'll we'll, we'll keep chopping our way back in, into the bankroll here. Yeah, I mean that phrase is banned, but I get your point. Sorry, I just wanted to shoehorn. Yeah, one more in there. Yeah, I think, uh, but that's all we have, kind of, for this episode, right, Matt? We're gonna be, we're gonna be back. In, oh yeah, uh, in a short while to talk about talk about some coaching search and, and MSU football. But anything else yeah. on Stallions Gate or MSU hoops? No, just looking forward to talking. Yeah, coaching search football, mm-hmm. and then the the mugshot with Jim Harbaugh in an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> uh, any given day now, that's gonna be electric. Yeah. So uh, until yeah. then, see you guys later. Yeah, appreciate everyone for tuning in. We will be back shortly for the next episode of the SC4L show. Appreciate you guys tuning in.